Welcome back to All About HR. Super excited for our second episode of Season 3 here in January 2023. Have a new guest, somebody I met briefly uh, at a conference earlier this year, and uh, we reconnected in the last week and really excited to welcome Leo Tokar is the president of People Solutions at Lockton Companies. He provides consulting and brokerage access across total rewards areas, including employee benefits, compensation, and retirement. He helps clients be more efficient, engaging talent, and financially managing their rewards programs. His expertise is finding what employees value while also finding ways to reduce cost. And this is what we brought him to talk about today on the podcast. Leo, welcome to All About HR. Thanks, Tom. Thrilled to be here. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, really, uh, really excited to be talking to someone else here in Denver as well. So we don't get as many local guests as I probably would like to have. So I think this is a really great conversation. You know, we've been doing this podcast. We're on three seasons. We've never really talked about total rewards. Recently, we started talking about benefits. So I think this conversation is going to be really good for my education. And that's part of the reason we do this is so I can learn. That's my greedy reason. But I've been in this space a long time. If I can learn here, I guarantee you there's a lot of other people out there. So let's let's start really at a base level. What is total rewards? I know what benefits are. Sometimes I see total rewards. Sometimes I see benefits. Like what is total rewards at a base? Yeah, everyone likes to define it a little bit differently. So not a wrong or right answer. Some people say narrowly, it's just comp and benefits. The way that I frame it is it includes the entire package that you offer someone to come and work for you and stay there. So obviously employee benefits, compensation, retirement, PTO, all the different perks that you offer. And to some extent, the workplace experience, but generally the tangible things that you're saying, here you go, this is what we're gonna give you. And then people ultimately react to decide, is this a good package or not? So is there, a, is there a size or is it more of a focus when it comes to benefits versus total rewards? I.e., is it a focus that a 200 person company can have a total rewards program or is this something more for mid to large companies? Or is it really anybody can do it, it's just how you focus on it? Yeah, anyone can do it. The reality is, I as an individual come and work for you, I'm not really parsing out all of the pieces and say, let me tell you how I feel about comp, then employee benefits, then retirement. I'll have opinions, but at the end of the day, I'm saying, how do I feel about the overall package that you're offering me? What happens though in smaller organizations is you're limited with resources. You're just focused on, hey, is my comp okay? Is each of those right. silos, are they okay? And as you get bigger, you get more sophisticated in integrating the pieces, even though you'll have specialization in each of those areas, then ideally there's people that are bringing it all together to say, how do our folks feel about the entire total rewards package? I feel like total rewards is how job seekers probably think about benefits. And it's almost, it, and I'm, I'm kind of just taking this all in, but Total rewards is almost when a company approaches their benefits in a way that aligns with how their employees or job seekers think about their benefits. Absolutely. People care about each individual piece at a particular moment. If I'm using my employee benefits, I care about whatever benefit I'm using at that point in time. But when you're evaluating how you feel about your employer, 
broadly, I'll say your employee value proposition or what's being offered as your EVP, then you're looking at the whole thing. You mentioned employee experience, and I want to dig into that. But at a top level, I'm, I feel like I'm already starting to understand. My one thought was like, well, how's that employee experience? And my radar is up. Do you see everybody in the space right now trying to call every little bit that you can offer employee experience? I feel like that term is just so broad these days, right? Yeah, absolutely. You And I think things get just jumbled up quite a bit because some people are talking about like employee engagement specific to total rewards, which is one area. But employee experience can be really broad. It's everything from your recruiting process and your onboarding process, what you experience in the culture, how you interact with coworkers, uh, obviously DEIB initiatives, and on and on and on. And it's the whole, I would say, branding and execution of your employee value proposition versus just the narrow part of employee engagement within total rewards. Yeah, and it, it's it's a good and bad thing, right? Because employee experience, you want to take into account all these different factors. But I feel like on the vendor or the people they're supporting HR side, everybody takes advantage of that. And now it's also convoluted. So it's one of those, yes, it's great that companies are realizing how much goes into how the experience an employee has is. But then on the relationships for HR, for HR professionals trying to bring on products and trying to focus on employee experience, I feel like it gets really confusing for them trying to figure out yeah. what really is going to affect employee experience. Absolutely. I I think you could learn a lot from other industries. And oftentimes people get siloed into just looking at your own industry or your own function. And what you're talking about is you could draw a lot of corollaries from marketing. And so, you know, people sometimes think about marketing as a lot of fluff or advertising or whatever, but there's a huge amount of science to studying employee behaviors. And so if you want to be a good marketer for your employees, which I would argue HRs should be like the chief marketer, right. uh, then actually understanding all those things that you just described, the whole continuum is big. And the thing that goes hand in hand actually with employee experience, and I'm going way off on a tangent, is people analytics. And so really, really broad term, we don't need to get into it. But if you can dissect all of the pieces of an employee life cycle from recruiting on all the way through resignation, then you'll have a better understanding of behaviors and then you could attach to whatever you want to improve your brand. You're, you're speaking to the right person here, uh, being someone that does employee life cycle surveys for a living. Uh, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Great. For me, this was already, you know, we can hit end and I can go home and go, that was a great podcast. <laughs> I, I had ideas about total rewards. I've been in the space, but I think we've already really tied it together. Now I've got a whole bunch of thoughts. Um, so we will have a really good podcast on. There's a lot that goes into this. So step one, we can check that box. I've got a pretty good understanding at this point. Let's take a quick pause on that. Let's back up. I forgot to ask you my first question that I ask all my guests. So that's going to be our second question. What are you listening to right now, Leo? I listen to a broad range of podcasts. Like So like one is um, marketing school. To the comment that I made about being a good marketer, doesn't have anything to do with HR, doesn't really have much to do with even the people side of it, but you can learn a lot from people that are good in their space. So 
I, I like that whole branding people connection side of things. There's some books that I'm reading, Atomic Habits, because I've gotten tired of listening to people talk about Atomic Habits. So <laughs> just picked it up and read it. Uh, Fearless Leaders by a guy, TC North, great uh, coach, performance coach. And, and then I listen to stuff on real estate investing because that's side hobby of mine. It's uh, probably not a bad side hobby. If you, if, you, if you know how to do it right, it's a great side hobby. I've been lucky. That's what all the people that are good at it say. So I, I'm, I'll, I'll put you in that good category. No, that's great. Uh, I'll put links to all this in the podcast. Uh, I'll check them out myself. But you, know, you mentioned something right off the bat with that marketing school. I think it's really interesting that I've had a lot of guests and a lot of the conversation we talk about is, HR is going through a transformation to where historically, in a lot of cases, not all the cases, it was an admin function for an organization. Post the jobs, fire the person, file the paperwork, get benefits out in November. But it's really starting to upskill that HR is getting a seat at the table. And it should, because they should be the connection and the leading voice and force for all of your workforce. And in many organizations out there, that's one of your biggest um, biggest assets, biggest groups, biggest populations within an organization. And a lot of the advice we've heard is don't just hang out with HR people. Go hang out with the business people. Go hang out with the marketing folks. Go hang out with the accounting folks. Make friends with the CFO. I was just on a on an intro needs assessment for employee listening and the VP, or I'm sorry, the chief financial officer was on that call. And I was like, yes, this is it. But I, I guess what I'm getting to is you hit on what I think is one of the biggest topics in HR today, whether you're talking about employee experience or rewards is getting out and looking at some of these other business functions and incorporating those into HR. Oh yeah. I, one of the biggest complaints that I hear from HR folks is not having a seat at the table, not being part of a, the strategy. And the more that they can position themselves to be great business people, they'll do exactly what, you've described because what everything happens from people and with people they're your greatest asset you can't produce products obviously without people and so hr can be an enabler to all parts of the business to operations to finance everything i mean nowadays God, every cfo cares about people in part because labor costs have gone up but because they can't execute on their business without having those great people and so if HR can understand all the different things. How do you make each piece run better? I mean, that that's huge. Uh, absolutely. And, you know, I feel like in the 2010s and 20 teens, the CFO was the most transformative uh, role. And I feel like in the 2020s, the chief people officer, chief human resource officer um, is really looking like it's going to be one of the most transformative roles of this decade as far as having that seat at the table. Yeah, absolutely. And, and my, I'm actually liking some of the titles that people are making up for themselves. Like, you know, Elon Musk made up a bunch of new titles for himself, but you have the same thing happening in the HR suite. I saw one chief of really cool people <laughs> and, and a few others I can't remember, but it, it makes it a little bit more interesting. Yeah, that's a, I'd love to have one of those kind of business cards, but I feel like that's, that's also tough when you're posting a job. <laughs> it's like, like, wait, what, what job is this? Yeah, that's right. So before we leave this, while we're on this topic, marketing school, and you said HR should be kind of the leading marketer to the people. Tell me a little bit about more what you mean when you say that. 
if you think about the branding space, and I'm going to go off on a little tangent that then circle back. In brand, the adage is you are what your customers say you are, not what you want to be. So the same thing applies to your people. Sometimes companies will say, we want to be employer of choice, which I laugh about a little bit because, <laughs> you know, as opposed to what, like, well, we want to be mediocre. Uh, we don't want to suck. Like, you know, you could, you could joke a, a lot of different ways. Yeah. But then, then you say, so what does that mean? And companies, people haven't necessarily defined that, whether it's position relative to competitors, but more importantly, also, what is it that they want to offer employees that are going to make them feel that this is the employer of choice? And so to be able to define that, which I would say is a key part of marketing, you're defining instead of your brand for the customers, which really should be what your customers actually experience, how they feel about your product, how they interact with your product, exact same thing for your people. It's how do they experience the workplace, your company, your leadership, your culture, your total rewards package. And then how do you go about defining it? Because if you want to change it, you first better know where you're at and then you could talk about where you're going. I love that. And I feel like maybe I'm just really impressionable today, but I'm starting to get this feeling that total rewards might be one of the most important things for organizations to focus on here in 2023. And I'm not trying to like lead you there. That's where my brain is leading me already. Maybe you led me there. Well, you, you know, in my mind, absolutely. It's the most important thing ever. It's like right below world peace and climate change. But it, I think in practice, there are things, culture leadership generally will have a bigger impact, but total rewards is also the most tangible. So you can't ignore it. It needs to be a part of the mix. And if you're looking for something to get your arms and head around, then total rewards definitely needs to be a part of it. Because if you can't do that, you're going to struggle with some of the other areas. Yeah, I, I, I can absolutely see that. You know, I want to get into, I, I want to now start going a little bit deeper. Before we even do that, locked in companies. Leo, where you work, what you focus on. Tell me, tell me a little bit more about that. Like, what's your organization? What are you trying to do? And then, then we can kind of continue how you do that in this specter of total rewards and employee experience. Yep. So we do consulting and brokerage in the people solution space, which is probably an overly lofty name, but really it encompasses total rewards. So employee benefits, compensation, retirement. PTO, total rewards, value assessments. So helping companies to rationalize what rewards they offer, what people value, where they're wasting money. We also do some HR technology and then the measurement and management of all of these pieces and, and employee engagement related to those pieces. That's a lot. You're right. Yep. I think, I mean, if you're going to call yourself a consultant, I feel like so many people love to call themselves consultants. But when you wear that title or you, you label yourself, you have to know a lot of things. You have to be able to connect all these different things into one end goal. So I guess, uh, I guess it's aligned. It makes sense. You get, you get my uh, seal of approval there. Thank you. Appreciate yeah, it. I, I know that's why you're here today. Right? I, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I spent many years on the 
corporate side on the operation side, you know, running stuff and dealing with this. So it's fun to be on the other end now. Yeah. So this is called all about HR. How did you get to an HR focused place with your career in your business where you're at right now? You didn't come up as an HR generalist, but you're here now. How'd you get no, there? No, no. <laughs> I, boy, people may just tune out after they hear this. I started my career in actuarial consulting. So I did you know, statistical analysis and all that stuff for um, actuarial consulting firm, then health, various health plans, integrated healthcare delivery systems, stuff like that. So, and then never wanted to be in this space. And a friend of mine talked me into it 12 years ago and came over. So I ran a last two and a half billion dollar P&L for a division of a large healthcare organization. And, um, and so I had to deal with a lot of these challenges on the ground and worked with HR as well. And then it's been a lot of fun to be able to flip it around. But my transition came from what I described into employee benefits and then broadened my focus. No, that's perfect. And, and this comes out in almost every person I speak with. I think I've had two guests out of 27 now that said, oh, yeah, I knew I was going into HR. Like, that's where I was headed. I want to support HR. I want to be in HR. So I always like to ask. Thank you. Uh, thanks for sharing. Let's talk about some of that consulting, connecting the dots. The economy is where we're at today. There, Everybody's got an opinion. Where do you see the economy in, right now? And how do you see that affecting HR organizations and how they approach total rewards. Yeah, we're in a very interesting spot, an inflection point where we've come off the hottest labor market that anyone working today has ever experienced. It was crazy out there. The focus was recruit, recruit, recruit. There was great resignation in every headline you can imagine. Salaries jumped, benefits were thrown at people. And now we have this lingering recession. Um, people argue mild, heavy, whatever. We have some companies, primarily tech focused, but announcing layoffs. And so you have this bifurcated economy and job market where you have some that are very much in the cost cutting stage, or at the very least, a lot of companies that are, have become very cost conscious, where before, much less so. And then you have a very large sector of the economy that's actually still focused on running their businesses as is, but they've turned a little bit where the focus isn't as much um, recruiting, but they focus on their own employees and how do I effectively engage the people that I have? Certainly they need to bring new people on, but it's this kind of mix between focusing on the talent that you have and focusing on the financials. In practice, obviously, most companies are a blend of the two. Yeah, it, it's interesting the number of organizations I speak with that are, oh, we're focused on retention. Or we're focused on onboarding. So many organizations are focused on one piece, but that piece is going to turn into the other piece. And I think it's imperative for organizations to focus on all of it. You know, we just came out of the, what are the, what are the twins for, trends for 2023 going to be? Well, and then you look back, I know what they're going to be. Well, let's see, last year, everyone was like, oh, we need talent. We need to get people on board. Guess what this year it is? It's engagement. It's keeping your best talent. It's upskilling the people that you have. Some are, like you said, some are going out, but like it's cyclical. You do need to keep aware of all these different pieces. And you're right. We are, we are yeah. seeing a split of two groups. You see the headlines, hiring's going down. This is going down, economy. 
But when you actually look at the data, it, it really does split. A lot of the organizations are still business as usual. A lot of organizations, some of the small, mid-sized businesses are really thriving um, with growth as, as some of the control um, from a wage perspective starts starts rolling back. Some demographic areas are growing. So I think that's a really important point that you make right off the bat, which is you can't just go off a headline. Uh, absolutely. So my joke about averages is it means that you're wrong 100% of the time. You're either too high or too low. And so that's the problem with trends is no one, to your point, stops just doing one area. Oh, that was last year. You have to manage all the pieces, but in practice, you do flex to the economic environment, to the labor environment. And so we still have really low unemployment. 60% of CEOs are saying they're not planning on any form of downsizing. There's probably, I forget the number, 20 to 30% are just considering downsizing, but it's relatively small portion that are actually looking at layoffs. And so this is that blending that we're talking about, where before I do think there were very few companies that really had a healthy focus on managing the financials of their total rewards package alongside the actual engagement portion and recruiting because of the environment. And so I actually think it's healthy to see a blend. A blend is always good. An average is always wrong. All right, good. I like this. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We're going to take a quick break. And then we're going to jump back in. I want to talk uh, and pick your brain more about how do you support both of those different groups and how they might look at total rewards differently. We'll be right back in just a moment. All right. We are here for the HR hot sauce with Leo. Leo, are you ready? I'm ready. What is the best job you've ever had? My current one. And I'm not saying that because I think someone I work with is this. What's the one phrase at work that drives you nuts? Let's discuss. Way too ambiguous for me. Do you like working on rainy or sunny days? You know, I would say rainy, but during COVID, I spent a little time looking at the water in Mexico, and I really enjoyed working on some of those sunny days. So it's kind of split down the middle. I'll take it. How can someone make your day at work? I would say just coming in and checking in in a genuine way. Everyone's just busy, focused on what's next, what needs to get done, problems. And when someone pops in and just says, hey, just wanted to see how you're doing or say hi, whatever it is, that's awesome. It's the personal connection. I love it. Best useless skill. I don't know about a useless skill, but I would say it's a useless superpower. My ears do not get cold. My wife makes fun of me that I don't ever wear a hat. And so regardless of how cold it is, my ears always do great. That qualifies. Accepted. Yeah, okay. Mild, medium, hot, or nuclear? I would say hot. I, I definitely like it, I would say, pretty spicy. Um, Thai hot, short of nuclear. Sold. Favorite interview question to ask or be asked? Have you ever been convicted of a felony? Convicted? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It always makes people pause a little bit. Favorite song to bring you out of a funk? I would say listening to Coldplay. It's just any song, just good mood music. Let's get back to the show. All right, we are back. Leo was talking. He was he was getting pretty deep on the economy. 
total rewards, employee experience. Uh, I, I'm buying what he's selling so far, but now I want to I want to test him here. I want to go another layer deeper. You talked about there's two groups really in today's economy right now that that I'm sure we can get really granular and make that ten groups, but two real groups. The groups that are kind of tightening it down, looking at costs, really, really taking a more focused approach and cautious approach and other organizations that are more business as usual. How do you support, how do you approach from a consultative end, these two totally different groups that are starting to split in our our economy today? You have to get deep on some of the tactics specific to each area, but recognize that they do blend together like our prior discussion. So I'll start with cost and there's a spillover into talent and move into that. So the first part with cost is you just simply have to assess where you're spending your money. Do you have a good accounting comp, the different types of benefits that you offer? Because obviously we've had a proliferation of benefits over the past several years. And do you have a good understanding? Within that, you could actually do pretty good deep dives of where for the finance folks, I'll say, you can recapture lost cash flow. You're wasting money. And so benefits is a great tangible place to look. So for example, in your healthcare spend, almost every case that I look at, there's inefficiencies in how they're approaching their medical spend, their provider networks, for example, their pharmacy spend, hmm. and much more specific areas like complex claims management. I mean, it's get, that's getting a little bit in the weeds, but you start to break apart all of your pieces of spend and either you or you get some help and you do assessment and say, if I didn't have constraints, what would be the optimum? Where could I save money without pushing it back on my employees? I don't want to screw my people. That's not what we're talking about here. The second part, aside from doing that deep dive into each of those areas, is simply understanding, can you deploy dollars that are not valued? So do you have an understanding of what your people actually value? And there's a danger in saying what your people value because your people are not a homogenous group. And so we could talk about this more, but you got to break it up into segments. So can you break up the needs, values, trade-offs of different populations? And honestly, some people just don't care about stuff. I've worked with companies where their employee population does not really care about employee benefits. The best thing that you could do is cut benefits, offer them a good enough and redeploy it into compensation. There's other, that's a very simple example, but there's other ways to approach And that. give them jeans and Hawaiian shirt Fridays and, and, you're, and you're off to the races, right? Like You know what? I, I'm actually glad that you brought that. I'm just going to give you an example where a company was trying to influence where people sought their healthcare services. And it was saying, if you go to less costly place, we'll give you money. We'll give you a bunch of money, 500,000 bucks. They didn't get much uptake. They flipped it and said, we're gonna give you PTO. You bring in that you went to the right place. And same thing, you know, dollars a dollar, it's just paid out in different ways. All of a sudden, huge uptake. People all of a sudden started to pay attention where they seek healthcare services because they valued PTO. The money for whatever reason felt more intangible to them. And so I, I wouldn't have guessed that. I'm not saying that I came up with it, but this is the knowing your population, knowing what they value. And so that is then when you look at the focus on talent, that's really where you need to go is you move from just benchmarking because you're, you're wrong 100% of the time and, and it's a rear view mirror look 
and and just simply reading articles and saying, oh my God, I have to offer lifestyle spending accounts because everyone's doing it or, or whatever the latest widget is. And to actually figuring out what is important to your people, how do they make trade-offs, what are you do doing it for segments, and then you can make better decisions on how to connect with them. That was a lot. Yeah, but it was really insightful. And I think it's pretty easy to follow as well. You did say my favorite thing I've heard, which is benchmarks are always wrong. And I'm a very anti-benchmark guy. And I always have to tiptoe around that because people love benchmarks. They just love them. And I go, at the end of the day, it's a thumbs up or a thumbs down. At best, at best, that's, that's what you get. And you're going to spend a bunch of money. That's right. And it's either too broad to matter or too tight to have the depth to matter either. So anyways. Yeah. I don't get to say that very often at work. So this is nice. <laughs> I've just come to deal with that. It is a necessity because people in other functions, whether CFO, CEO, whatever, they want to see it. It's a check the box. Are we in the mix with other companies? Are we missing anything glaring? Those kinds of things. I get it. So it's what I call necessary, but not sufficient. So I know how I would go about answering this question. And I'm, I'm curious how you do. It sounds like you need to know your employees very well to be able to execute what you're talking about, or at least have an idea of groups of employees, or at least do some testing. How do you go about understanding what those employees value? Like, where do you get that? Yeah. So the, theme of this, and I'm just trying to be a little prickly for effect, but the theme of the talk should be why satisfaction surveys suck. It, if you ask people whether they are satisfied, the answer is just no, right? Like the answer does, are you satisfied? No, I want more. Or what do you want? I, well, I want more. Now, what you should be asking is other things. So satisfaction is fine if coupled with other things. You need to understand satisfaction relative to expectations. Yes. What's the importance that they place on whatever it is that you're measuring? Also, what's their familiarity with what you're measuring? You may find that people just don't know about stuff, which is actually very often the case because of the proliferation of benefits. Right. Um, and then you have to understand how they make trade-offs. So how do I, not just how do I look at one thing, but how do I compare A versus B versus C and so on? And so that, because my decisions aren't really made in a vacuum of an individual benefit. Right. It's like, hey, do I want money or do, do I want more money? Do I want more benefits or do I want more of this benefit or that and so on? And then lastly, ideally, you're connecting it to some form of outcome like loyalty, likelihood to recommend, like, you know, some people, companies use employee net promoter score. Yeah. I'm not going to get into whether it's good or bad, but that at least gives you one indication as you're measuring all this other stuff. I'll say it's bad. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're, 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 we can go with that, but I, it's just simple. Right. And so it was just for, at least it's a connect, one connection to, um, to likelihood to stay. Yeah, it's, you know, in my space, we talk employee engagement all the time. And employee engagement is an indicator. It's not a, it's not a final destination. And the real key, you know, I talk to folks like, oh, the Gallup 12, why do you have 40 questions in your engagement survey? You just need to know these 12 things. And I go, well, yeah, the, like that's an outcome. Yes, that's engagement. But what's driving that? And what's driving that for this demographic group? Are your executives is what drives their engagement? 
what are the key drivers of that? And how do you connect to those key drivers to get to that engagement? And I feel like in a lot of the data we see, it's that connection that you build with the drivers that matters more than the actual engagement because the engagement isn't an actual destination. It gives you a platform. There's a lot of things that are connected to engagement. Um, and I think it's very similar to satisfaction. I think satisfaction evolved into engagement uh, for at least a lot of people. We can kind of parse terms uh, parse terms there. But I, I, I like a lot of what you're saying. I, it makes a lot, of, uh, a lot of sense to me. What you're describing with engagement, that process that you talked about, is really the same thing in assessing total rewards and what people value. So you're ta- you need to figure out the drivers and you do that by understanding those pieces, satisfaction relative to expectations and importance, familiarity, and then how individuals make trade-offs. I never knew how much connection what I talk about every day has to total rewards. So this is, this is I, I was sitting next, you know, it's like sitting next to somebody at the end of a flight and you talk to them and you're like, wait, we went to college together. I've been sitting here not talking to you for the whole five hours <laughs> flying to New York. And, and now we're getting off the plane. I'm just finding this out. That's what it feels like kind of, kind of listening, uh, listening to these connections right now. <laughs> yep. So we, we took a deep dive into the, you know, the process with the groups that are a little bit more financially, you know, kind of reevaluating everything. For groups that are focused on recruiting and growth, a little bit more of that marketing HR connection there, uh, putting themselves out there with a brand, focusing on that culture. How do you approach Total Rewards a little bit differently to that subset? I don't know if I would approach it differently. I think if you can effectively deal with, have a good EVP for your existing employees, then you are going to be effective in recruiting. Because I'm going to assume that you either do or should profile your high performers, understand who's a fit for your organization, who does well. And that becomes the jumping off point for the types of people that you want to bring on. And so you have a test tube that you should be taking advantage of with your existing population. Now, I would argue the people that have come to you are the most valuable. You should figure out how to retain those people first and foremost, because if you're losing those people, you're not going to make it up by having an awesome recruiting process. And so it's like, you know, selling your way out of crappy customer service. Like if your product is bad, trying to sell more isn't the right approach. So So yeah, you have to have a strong recruiting process, but if you do the things that I'm talking about and you're effective in engaging your employees, then you're gonna be able to translate that to your recruiting process. And what if during the process you could say, hey, look, I'm gonna give you the names of a few people. Why don't you talk to them about why they love working here versus me, the hiring manager, that's obviously gonna give you the pitch about why this is the greatest place. And so make them your marketers and you're going to have great culture. You'll be that much more successful. I'm not saying the total rewards is the answer to all of these things. It's just an important component. If you don't have that, a lot of the other things just don't come together. So total rewards in summary is that connection between benefits, your culture and the employee, or am I close? It is a tangible way. I, I haven't connected it to culture, but if you are trying to create a certain culture, and more broadly, I'll say an employee value proposition, 
it should manifest itself in how you deliver total rewards. So it should all line up. Yeah, and that, well, that's where I was going with culture is if you're the kind of organization that cares, that wants it to match rather than just we yeah. have this benefit, cultural's a secondary benefit that comes out because you can't, you don't do those things if you don't care about culture. And when you do ask people yeah. and you do try to make sure they're getting the best out of the benefits, not just giving them benefits, they feel it, it just, it creates a better culture. It's a better perception for the employee and for the company. That's where I think it's culture. You can't force it. Yeah. But I think naturally thinking and going through it this way does develop culture. As you defined it, it's, yep. it's not what you say. Your culture isn't what you say it is. It's how people react to what you do. And that's where I'm connecting. I see. I get your point. Yep. I, I would totally agree. Yeah. But, you know, there's an interesting discussion, not that I'll go deep into this, to be had about organizations that don't want to have a strong total rewards package. They maybe want to focus on other things in the professional development or whatever the case is. And that's okay because you're being honest about it. And if you're honest about that with your employees as well, and you're clear about how you guys connect, that's great as well. Cause you know, I've heard someone say the definition of a good strategy is deciding what you're not going to do. Right. And heard if that. that's not an area you're going to be strong in, Hey, awesome. Then you're just that much more clear and honest about what, where you want to focus. One of the things that employees are starting to want the most is transparency. I don't think we can end on a better note than that. I think that's, that's it. That was fantastic. I, uh, that was a masterclass for me, at least in getting started and trying to figure out total rewards. And honestly, I, I, I learned about culture, learned a little bit about uh, engagement, employee experience. And th this has been a great conversation, Leo. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate it. Had fun. Where can we find you? Where can our listeners find you locked in? Do you have, are you out on social? Do you have a company webpage? I'll put all these in the notes. Do you have YouTube? I mean, what are you doing right now? Where can we find you? So I'll, I'll share with you my LinkedIn page. You can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, my, my name, Leo, L-E-O, last name, T-O-K-A-R. If you want to email me, it's my name with a dot, leo.tokar at lockedin.com. I'm actually going to be coming out with a YouTube channel that is called Breaking Bad Rewards. We should be. <laughs> I love that. Yep. We should be coming out with it in the next month, but we'll cover topics like this. We'll get deeper into some areas of like benefits and other things. And so hopefully just be a place to talk about things like this a little bit more. Excellent. Well, we'll share all that information. Really appreciate you taking time out of your uh, day to record with me and look forward to seeing you seeing you around Denver. Definitely. Hopefully the snow will melt soon and it'll warm up. But thanks for having me. Yeah, it's supposed to snow and melt the next day. It's not been that case for last month. So hopefully that turns. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thank you very much for joining us for All About HR. Hope you have a fantastic week. I've learned a ton. Hopefully you did as well. We'll see you back to learn more All About HR. Take care. Understand, engage, inspire, and retain your people like never before. People Elements Employee Experience and Engagement Solution delivers powerful intelligence, giving you the confidence to act. To learn how you can gain a better understanding of your employees, please visit us at peopleelement.com.